episode number 116. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Martin Woodward. Hey, Martin. Hey, hey, how's things? Good. I'm good. Now, before I mean, we have to get started and we have yeah. to ask the big thing that's happening today. We're recording this on June 23rd. Yep. Uh, what What's that big thing that's happening? Well, the, 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 the best thing about today is that after today, we'll never have to use the word Brexit, which is just the first <laughs> term ever. So, but it's, yeah, there's a, there's a referendum happening over here in the UK about um, whether or not we should, we should remain part of the EU or if we should leave the EU. So um, uh-huh. I did my constitutional duty this morning and not my usual constitutional, but a different one <laughs> and uh, wandered down to the voting station and, and uh, voted. So that's good. And I took my um, eight year old with me when I went in to vote, you know, oh, and nice. sort of showed him how it works. And he went and I put my vote in the thing. Obviously, voting to remain in, as any sane person mm-hmm. would do, and um, yeah, and he he was like, "Oh, that seems easy." I'm like, "Yes, it is." <laughs> so, is it as I, you know, here in Los Angeles and, and in the U.S., looking at it's all over the news, really, and, you know, all financial wow. times. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a lot of talk about, it, especially on the financial CNBC and and Bloomberg News, but yeah. even the regular. Stuff. And of course, BBC America is talking about it a lot, but regular, normal, even local news are talking about it. Huh. Is is it that crazy there? It must, oh, yeah. It yeah, it is. I mean, it is. Uh, typical political campaigns here are a lot shorter than yours are, you know, so they even... Uh-huh. Like the you know the election campaign was week measured in weeks rather than years like yours is, <laughs> and then the um um but no this one has been uh particularly um like four months I think the campaign's been going on really I guess um so no it's been it, it, yeah it's definitely dominated all the news cycles and things and you know it's a a topic people talk about for sure. Um, it's it's just interesting. I live in um, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto the TFS news in a minute. I guess I live in <laughs> Northern Ireland, which you know shares a land is the only part of the UK that shares a land border with um, mm-hmm. a part of Europe, i.e. the Republic of Ireland. So um, I guess my view is quite skewed on it, you know, because I can if I drive two hours, I'm in Europe. I'm in I'm in <laughs> Ireland, um, and so yeah, um, you know, we trade a lot and stuff. So no, it's um. It's definitely, uh, it's definitely something that I probably have a particularly a particular view on because of where I am in in the world. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, obviously, I don't have, I am not qualified to have a view really on that at all. But it's just, it's interesting. All of the votes sitting here on the outside. You know, first there was a Scotland referendum, and, yeah. and then now this one. Uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, the Scottish one was particularly interesting because it. Um, it energized a youth to get interested in politics and feel that politics is relevant, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. The, the, this EU campaign has been, I don't know, I've, I've not found it very engaging because um, nobody's been able to really, nobody's come out and really given a good, clear statement either way, um, you know, and, and it's kind of been able to explain rationally why something would be good or not. And people come out with stuff, but it's all based on sentiment, really. I don't know. Yeah. The, the best thing I saw was actually, it sounds weird. It was by a guy who didn't really like that much at the time when he was prime minister, but a, a former prime minister of a guy called Gordon Brown. Um, mm-hmm. And he did an amazing video and it was all, his video was all about, um, you know, what you if you want to be, um, if you want to be, if you want to influence how something happens, you've got you've got to be involved and you've got to take part in it. There's no point sitting on the sidelines and moaning. You just got to get in there and and help shape it. And I'm like, you know what? That's 
yeah that makes sense to me so all of the arguments like you know people try and do fear-mongering and you know oh we're safer in and we're safer out and once people start using the T word, you know, the terrorism word, and right, trying to, right. you know, that's just scaremongering and like, sounds yeah. dumb, but, um, <laughs> but, and people argue it either way, you know, and there's stats either way and things like that. But I don't know. The fact that like all the major business leaders have come out in one way and the fact that David Beckham's come out in the same way, you know, that, that influences <laughs> my vote. Right, and then, and then on the other side, you've got people like you know the ultra hard right sort of <laughs> Nigel Farage, who's an absolute nut job, and then um, people like yeah, I've, and then people like my, uh, Michael Gove. My, the, the the thing that would make me vote, this is funny. It's funny talking about this because I've like I don't. And uh, people follow me on Twitter and stuff. I don't tweet about personal stuff mm-hmm. much at all, really. Not not like. I don't know. I do about technology and stuff, but I don't. I don't. I just right. you know, I don't like to force my views on other people because of my views. But this one, yeah, <laughs> Michael Gove, who's like a, a a particularly hated, you know, well, let's say not say hated, a divisive um, <laughs> uh, member of parliament in the UK. Uh, he said that he, w- he wouldn't remain a, a member of the government if we if we remained in the EU. And I was like, well, there we go. There's my vote settled. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, we have the, the, the same kind of thing going on here with if Trump oh, gets elected, I'm leaving the country and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I think the best thing about the Brexit thing is that it's like you said, we're done. Yep. It's done. Well, and what's good? What is good? Even though the campaign doesn't felt that engaging, the way that the voting system works is it's it's every vote counts. So it's not like each it's not like the vote gets called in each area and then. The areas are added up, you know. It's basically like our, yeah, our uh, presidential primaries. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's basically there are forty-three million people eligible to vote. Uh, When the score gets above, you know, twenty whatever that is, twenty-one and a bit. I can't even do the math (laughs) very quickly. But when when the when the score gets above half of the population or half of the people that voted anyway, then that side's won, and so every single vote counts. And that's really unusual, especially like I live in Northern Ireland, again, where a lot of party politics is dominated by stuff that I don't care about, like religion and things. And um, in this particular election, it's not that at all. It's, it's just a simple question. Be in the EU or out of the EU and every single person's vote counts. So like it's it's very you know it's hard not to it's you know it's it's hard not to be involved in that and you just get you know it feels like yeah I, I i am making a difference by making the effort to do my do my duty and go to the polling booth and fill out a piece of paper and drop it in a little bucket and walk out you know so but whenever you vote the technology the technologist in us is all god i wish i could <laughs> system. surely i could do this by sms or uh you know or have some kind of t- two-factor authentication mechanism that wouldn't suck that we could do this mm-hmm. properly with but uh and, and it's just daft, daft things like you know you see you get your piece of paper and then you you know you mark your piece of paper and drop it in the ballot box and you know and there's nothing identifying your piece of paper which is obvious but yeah, it's just it's just such an interesting antiquated system that we haven't don't seem to have been able to improve on yet at least we don't, yeah. at least we don't have hanging chads in our country yeah we very true. just mark a ballot paper uh, yeah so and uh you know we're lucky that 
um, adults get to, you know all adults get to vote so this is all good so one of the things I want to start like doing in the show and we'll see whether we carry this on is just talk about some of the personal development project things that we're working on I don't necessarily have to That's be ALM, basically just... all I did for a year a couple of years ago I was <laughs> get, get, get every single show but anyway no, that's, that makes sense. So uh, one of the things that I demoed to my team last week was the Microsoft Cognitive Services. Huh. And that was a very much a wow demo. Yeah. Using the uh, the faces, the, the computer vision part of the Cognitive yeah. Services. I hooked it up to our internal litigation review system and, and just used real world. Actually, they're from the Enron email database. So it's public data. But yeah, using those images and feeding it to the computer vision API and getting all the results back, that pretty much wowed them because huh. the stuff that you can get back from that is like amazing. Really? Whether there's people, it'll do uh, captions. Yep. It'll do, you know, a person sitting at a desk. It'll tag it, man, desk, furniture. It'll say, uh, also tag it as male, 24 smiling it'll it'll give you obviously the the uh dimensions and the type of image primary colors in the image and, and that was that just wowed them mm. seeing the amount of data and and in our industry we don't the litigation support e-discover stuff we don't do a lot with images it's, it's hard for us to do images text everybody's been doing sentiment analysis and textual mm -hmm. analysis and that kind of stuff for a while but the images that that's pretty new and imagine if you had a repository of uh you know, a hundred thousand images and you need to look for those for, because of this matter is related to adult content. Mm. You know, how would you kind of do that? Well, using this tool, it will actually score the images. Is it racy? Is it adult? And give it an actual numeric score for that. So we could give them, you know, a very good starting point as to which images they want to either look at or want to avoid. Uh, so I showed that off and nice. the amazing part, the uh, amount of code required to do it. I, I had, uh, you know, a long line, a whole bunch, all this code doing MVVM and a WPF app and all this mm. stuff. But the real work was four lines of code. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and, and most of that was, uh, you know, set your subscription number, setting the things that you're interested in, and then calling it. Yeah. And, and that's it. And that just blew my mind and blew their mind. So, so one of the uh, we'll demos we did at uh, OzCon was to use the Cognitive Service API to detect a rectangle where the face was and mm -hmm. then, and then um, make it wiggle. So basically turn people into bobbleheads. <laughs> so we did it and like we did, you know, give it an itch, uh, an image of Satcher and make it make his head bobble and do it, you know, or whoever you pick a person you want to do and make the head bobble. So no, it's just dead easy to do. But sentiment analysis stuff, do you do that at work or is that just something you've been playing with? Because we're actually looking at the sentiment analysis stuff at the minute. We've yeah. done it for selected matters. We bought a, a, a product and uh, brought it in and, and ran it through a number of uh, different cases. So yeah, we, we've done it. It's pretty cool. Uh, it was a couple of years ago when we were doing it. Mm. 
So, but the fact that uh, is, I only started looking at these cognitive services and the new machine learning studio because we are moving more to the cloud. So it's like, oh my gosh, that, that opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah, and I can start looking at it and using it in the real world for our business and, and our stuff. No, but uh, yeah, I looked at the Faces API too that returned the rectangle, uh, yeah. the rectangle around the things, but it didn't work as well for some of our images. Interesting. You know, yeah, so there was a you have to be fairly well posed and looking at the camera. If you're looking to the side, it doesn't do as good a job as the computer vision one. So. Right. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I had yeah, no, the one I was doing it was fine to do. So we're looking right. at the um sentiment analysis stuff when we're looking. We've been doing a lot of um uh, analysis of the .NET community stuff, you know, and trying to get some stats out and things like that. And so one of the things we were looking at is uh, sentiment analysis around, you know, GitHub issues and um, tweets and things like that and helping us basically having an early warning system out there for when things are going for when things are going ape and we need to, we, we've got an issue that we need to fix. <laughs> they MS just prod, announced MS build <laughs> dot prod. <laughs> and they just announced uh, the Azure team just announced an update to one of the language, one of the text ones that uh, it was English only for one of some of these were English only for a while, and they've started adding multiple languages. Wow! So cool. that's yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome. See, so, yeah, I mean, right now for me. Uh, my biggest project we'd so we're shipping um dot net core on monday so um that's <gasps> is that officially released what did we say that um, can we pretty say sure that? scott hunter announced it at dot net conf he did say 27th didn't he uh, i think so he did ever get it he did give a date you're absolutely right sweet so good <laughs> so <laughs> i think that's announced so i'm just going to check that while we're doing the rest of the show always <laughs> Well, yeah, so I've been anyway. We're releasing .NET Core soon, so I've been busy, um, busy working on some of that stuff and um, just helping out around the scenes and looking at the you know the .NET site um, if you haven't seen that. And uh, also, um, I love open source. I don't know if I've told you this, but it's just awesome. Like, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out a way of putting this into 140 characters or less, but. I get to like I've been I've been doing doing some work on the Reactive Extensions project this past couple of weeks, and so getting to work with people like Brendan Foster and um, Aaron and Novotny and Bart Deschmet and people like that, and um, it's just awesome because and like with Libgit too, you know, I get to work with Carlos and Ed and other people, and it, you know, I work on these projects and I just get involved with them, and quite often I drop in, you know, and drop out again because I'm I have to work on so many different ones, but I just get to work with all. If, if I had to like have a list people i would like try and steal if i had if i was doing my next startup (laughs) and which i maintain in my head like constantly Uh uh, which is probably everybody does you know and like with open source i get to work with all these people and like we all get to work at the different companies but we all still get to work together and have fun and hack around on stuff and i get paid for it which is even better but you know it's just yeah man i have like the best job in the world so um yeah it's pretty cool so i've been i've been having fun hacking around on that stuff and then also as i say getting um working on don echo helping the team get things out the door awesome well time to start talking about some news start talking some alm stuff funny that isn't it huh mm-hmm. uh one of the things i want to talk about is the general availability of the azure dev test labs vsts extension you know what do you know about the the dev test Azure dev test? Have you looked at that? Have you seen anything about that? Um, I've been uh, yeah, little bits. Um, 
so um, it actually looks quite interesting in terms of uh, being able to um, script a lab. And we, we have um, we had similar functionality inside Microsoft for quite a, a while. So um, it's good to see that actually getting commercialized. So, yeah, no, I've seen it. And then the stuff that's being built on top of it looks really interesting as well. So, no, I, I, um, I do actually like it as a way of, you know, firing up dev machines really quickly and scripting that and that sort of stuff. Nice. Well, this extension actually should make it easier. They've added three tasks, which allows you to easily integrate uh, your build or release pipeline into the VSTS with the dev labs. Uh, so it's the new build vnext type of deploy, and you can choose you know, create a new image, create a VM, delete a VM, all right here, and it's all free. So cool. that's nice. Uh, and speaking of, so if you're like me out there and you're like wondering what is this Azure Dev Test Labs things. Clemens Reinen has a great post that he starts very high level and then digs much more into detail. It's a nice long post talking about what this thing is and the problems that it's trying to solve. And I think that's the key point mm-hmm. is like, what is this? It's a VM thing. No, there's a specific set of problems that this thing is trying to solve. So if, again, if you're interested in this, we'll have links in the show notes. Uh, you got to check out this post. Very cool. And lastly, uh, Raman Kumar, who wrote our other the extension post, talks about <laughs> how do you keep the costs down? Because that's the other thing. We've, we've talked about that, I think, with you and your Minecraft server. Yeah, you know, and I, accidentally <laughs> blowing up Radio TFS because of it. <laughs> it's, it's how do you keep these things controlled? Because part of this dev test labs things is you delegate some of the uh, authority. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you create a, a set of stuff, and then you turn over a portion of that to other people within your organization. So, uh, how do you keep control, and how do you look at that? So um, I've just had an idea about this stuff, how I could use this, by the way. But anyway, Karen, it's, it's to do with .NET Foundation. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Carry on. So how do we keep track of costs, Greg? I'm now, I'm now I'm interested. Uh, um, uh, Raman has, uh, Raman, Raman has uh, uh, two things to keep in into mind. So it's like just, first of all, tracking it, just seeing it and then seeing the trend. It's right there on the Azure portal. You can just basically keep an eye on it much easier than not. Very cool. Yeah, no, I'm actually going to look at that after the show. That sounds really interesting. Um, So something I've been playing around quite a lot with is the process customization features in VSTS, Um, especially because I I kind of am a nightmare and use the Kanban boards to track my life. (laughs) It's like... People laugh at me. It's why I do, I do some stuff on, you know, the parent on the school board, and mm-hmm. people just laugh at me because I refuse, like, I refuse paper. I, I eschew paper. It's just paper and me don't get along. I love writing notes on things, but I just hate. I just lose bits of paper. So, um, so why everything's electronic for me, as as any sane person it should be. And um, you know, keeping to do lists and stuff is okay on a whiteboard, but I need a Kanban board if I'm going to actually get it done and keep track of it and not forget. So, yeah, my whole life is in there and lots of projects are managed in there. Kanban boards of a new Excel, I think. is, is And um, so I but quite often. So I quite often use Kanban boards for things that we weren't designed, you know, that we didn't design wit for like, all the time. And so being able to customize work I'm tracking is awesome. And um, Justin Marks has done a really cool blog post talking about what's coming up in the future um, around uh, the process customization features up on the blog. And um, he's done, you know, just about the new being able to actually get 
So one of the things I use um, a Kanban board at the minute is tracking loads of different open source projects and how they're getting on with their .NET Core support um, and, and that sort of information. And I've got them as as um, uh, product backlog items, PBIs, but, you know, I could create a work item type, which was project, and then, you know, move them around and all that sort of stuff and have field types. And um, uh, so, yeah, it's all cool. And the other thing that's cool that we're also enabling uh, that Roman, um, no, sorry, um, Derek uh, um, posted about was um, customi- doing state customization now in VSTS as well. So it, all the stuff that you could always do before, um, you know, you hacking around an XML and things, you can actually right. do use yeah. the web UI now, which is important, especially when, you know, you've come from the crazy Jira world that the really, really unfortunate people live in, Greg. And, um, you know, just being able to do that stuff through the web is really important to end users. So it's good. Did I tell you we're now moving from Jira to version one? So you were kidding uh, me. No, no. Welcome, welcome to my world. Uh, but version one is actually I, the reason why I like it is the company is solely focused on this project management. They they don't have all these other tools like build tools and chat tools and everything. It's one product. It's a very broad product, but they're very focused on that. You know, they're not worrying about any other stuff. And the integration between version one and VSTS and TFS looks a lot better. Oh, cool. So, well, uh, I, I'm actually pretty interested in it. Yeah, so. well, we'll see. I'd be interested to see how it goes, actually. It's always good to hear about this. Yeah, we're just starting the move. Like our, our uh, backlog items just got copied over like last night. So we'll be starting a, a, a scrum cycle next week or week after cool. utilizing it. So we'll see. Great. One of the things I was just checking with this process customization stuff, I just uh, pinged right. just in marks when we are in pre-show, um, just to check about, you know, have they fixed all the problems that in the old days where you did process customization, you'd get into upgrade hell. Um, right, right, yeah. Um, that's, that's a great question. Yeah, it's um, it uses an inheritance model, so basically we're good. Is 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 the answer? So I'm going to trust Justin because he's he's smarter than me. So um, right. and he thinks about this more. So yeah, so uh, I think um, we, we're doing it in a way which avoids us getting stuck in upgrade hell. And I'm going to trust Justin on that. But hey, we'll find out. The thing is that it has to because these guys upgrade the server <laughs> ten times a day. So um, you know it kind of has to do. So I'm I'm pleased that that's the answer. So that's good. Yeah, and then. They still have to not only upgrading that so often, but they have to roll that out to on-premise yeah. Uh, yeah. people as well. So, so it's not like this isn't a facade on an XML editor. Something they actually re-architected and rethought the entire thing. So oh yeah, no, so it can scale. And they also, yeah. um, you know, trust me, they have a lot of people using these features internally that will get very <laughs> shouty if things start to break. So. Uh, or being told you can't upgrade. Yeah, and, and you know, shouting customers yeah. is one thing, but sh- shouting uh, CEOs is another. So um, <laughs> it, we, uh, it'll be fine, I'm sure. Cool. Well, speaking of upgrades, the uh, Team Services is ending support for Internet Explorer 9 and 10 in September. Hmm. <sighs> oh, no. Is that a real pain it, for you? It's the it? IE apocalypse. No, not at all. Okay. Most most on, on most people here are uh, Chrome. Uh, we're not using IE 11 a lot, but mostly Chrome now. And mm-hmm. I use Edge. Edge is my default, even on my, you know, uh, 1511 box. Cool. 
Uh, well, that's, uh, no, it's know, surprisingly you know, for a lot of enterprises, we're always slow to upgrade. Well, <laughs> if we were stuck on, you know, we're Windows Seven still here in the building, and uh, if we weren't allowed to upgrade, then yeah, this could have been an issue. But then again, we're not using Team Services in the building. Yeah, you know, I have to assume that this will come to TFS sometime. Erin uh, said, um, uh, I, right there. okay, is it there? Yeah. My understanding is yep. it come in the next major version. Uh, next major version will also no, of TFS will no longer support internet nine and 10. So you listeners out there, if you've got, if you've got people on nine and 10 and you're using VSTS or you're looking at, you know, the dev 15 or TFS 15 or whatever the next major version of TFS is, uh, you need to start thinking about upgrading your IE or go to edge Firefox or Chrome. Yeah. And it's, um, or, or do both, and it's not, um, you know, it's it's not like it's not a browser block thing. It's a degraded experience right. thing, is how I understand it's been implemented. But basically, the only people that can't upgrade to IE eleven are like Windows Vista SP two people, or what would it be? It'd be like um, a Windows Vista, or like one of the Windows Server two thousand and eight, like pre R two. You know what I mean? It's it's like you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not running, like IE11 is actually really good, and you know, as it, in terms of back compat with um, internal apps and things like that, all mm-hmm. sorts of people care about. So um, yeah, no, I, hopefully it's not a problem. Well, they wouldn't do it if there wasn't data that told them there isn't. It's not going to be a problem. So we'll find out. Right. That's the great thing about running a live service is you get to actually be able to predict these sorts of things. <laughs> um. So uh, over on the version control side, which is obviously, you know, a side that was always close to my heart, um, one of the new PMs over there, Allison, has been talking about the um, some of the new features coming into version control inside of VS. So um, the important one is probably um, down in the little, you know, your little bottomy bit of Visual Studio. <laughs> there's, there's a Button. bottomy bit. Bottomy bit. Okay, I, 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 we'll have to trademark that. The bottomy bit. Wait, if, if I say it as funny as it sounds when you say it, then I'm hilarious. So, yeah, well, that part is uh, being updated. And more importantly, they've done it in a way that's extensible. So, you know, obviously the Git and the TFVC integrations are all brilliant, but uh, they've done it extensible and they've worked with the um, ANC SVN team to actually make sure that that it'll work in their Visual Studio integration as well. So even if you're using Subversion, in which case I doubt you're listening to this podcast, but uh, even, you know, even if you are, then you could um, could do that. And they've done a bunch of... um, was it they said? What, I saw something in here. We did. Yeah, sixty percent of new of solutions created at the minute are doing uh, being created using Git, which is crazy. Hmm. Oh, man, look, look back, you know, when it was all just pie in the sky ideas, and here we are. So um, uh, they've done some improved productivity there in terms of you know making it quicker to be able to just commit what you've what's changed and things like that. So um, it's all good. So they've, they've got a. Um, a little video if you want to watch that and i'll just recap all the stuff in that we'll put the link in the show notes it's worth worth checking out so another thing that's been happening is the application insights there is work item integration with vsts now as well so if you've gotten using the telemetry available from application insights you can now hook it up to vsts and uh uh 
Mike Grizzly has a nice write-up exactly how you do it, uh, how you look at it, walks you through viewing the work items, uh, setting up the advanced configuration. Now, this is still a 1.0 version of this feature set, but the fact that it's there and that you can use that telemetry. And, and again, you know, we talked about me mo- our opening up the cloud to hear it work. The I saw that I read that today somewhere that in 2020 the no cloud is you're not going to hear that anymore. Mm. So if you're not looking at the cloud, you need to start as a professional just improvement thing. Yeah. Uh, but this telemetry, I love the idea of telemetry. I just love that scene. Ever since I heard this, like a million years ago. having that embedded into your application, being able to catch real world statistics of what's used, how long it's taking, aggregated across your entire application base, anonymized where you're not worrying about it and you don't have to write a lot of code to do it. So not only can you use all that information now with application insights, but you can hook it up to your VSTS so you can act on it as well. Yeah, and it just, just from the UI, if it's what I'm thinking of, it just allows you to just easily create work items and then pre-populate them with data from from yeah. inside of a application insights. So it's pretty awesome. So yeah, if, you, if you find something, you make sure you don't forget about it, you know, and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at the dashboard for the application insights and you're seeing a spike. You look at it and there's a little add work item button cool. right at the top of the pane so and as we all know we work in a beautiful world of devops now where the dev and ops teams sit together and don't throw things over the wall but <laughs> even even if that wasn't to happen then you could still use this for the dev guy for the ops guys to create bugs for the dev guys you know and that sort of thing it's all good i love it it definitely yes. is a great feature hey um i just 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 jump back to one uh version control one again uh friend of the show richard have we ever had richard on the show richard fennel I don't think so. And I was going to ask, who should we have on? I was going to do yeah, uh, Alan Champsert. Okay. I'll, pick yeah, him. I'll, I'll drop him an email. And uh, yeah, let's, okay. let's do that. Um, Rich is awesome. And he's on my time zone. So that suits me fine. So <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely. Well, he's done a couple of really good posts lately. Um, we'll just do it quickly. One is on um, migrating a TFBC project to Git. And now, normally the answer to this is quite like pithy, you know, run Git TF. And mm-hmm. um, but he goes in full detail of like how to migrate the work items over, how to do that without losing data. And you know, it's a, one of those awesome posts that's obviously written by somebody who's done this a bajillion times and been burned by every single one of them and has it down you know completely so he's got all that oh by the way this tool's broke so don't use it go use this instead and this tool kind of works if you jiggle this chicken you know over this end of the system and update this xml file before you do it and blah 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 so if, if you're ever needing to do um a migration bear in mind you don't need to do this now because well with um you know you can have git and tfec projects living together in the same team project nowadays right. so you might not need to do that but if you did want to migrate over then you can and richard shows you how to do it so the, well, yeah, the easiest this... answer is not to do that <laughs> but, right. but, uh, yeah and this looks like it's actually an on-prem T- is, uh, yeah, tfs exactly. tfec out to git so yep. not necessarily to GitHub, but yeah. No, definitely not to GitHub. This is to Git right. on, on TFS, so on-prem. And then he also, I mean, 
Go ahead. Am I supposed to read these before we talk about them? Uh, <laughs> and then he, and it won't. And then he also has a, uh, and that's my job. These are my stories. <laughs> and then he also has a good blog post as well. Um, uh, I've been doing a bit more PowerShell development lately, and so uh-huh. has, uh, Richard's been doing a lot more than me. And he talks about the. I actually didn't. I actually haven't tried this yet, so I'm going to go try it. The Visual Studio um, Code integration for PowerShell and getting that up and running. And now I'm used to develop your scripts there and integrating with um, Pesta unit tests you need to create unit tests for your powershell scripts and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff so um or another awesome post from richard which we'll, we'll just uh, he in in his example is doing it to create some vsts build tasks but really it's just a good pl- post if you want to know about you uh doing proper you know proper professional powershell development i guess so we were talking about devops yeah and there is no wall of confusion is there in devops uh, yeah at least dot had when i saw this Bitmap is like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a great bitmap. It's just a developer on one side with his package, the wall of confusion, and then the ops guy on the other without the package. Lee's post talks about the dev ops and the processes and the consequences of the inefficiency of not having it. Uh, how do you make some of these changes? Lots of pretty pictures so you can share with people, uh, with managers. I didn't say that out loud. Not the managers, mm. uh, executives. Oh, wait. I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, people who are visually Program managers. Oh no, that's yeah. me. <laughs> but it's actually a great post. If you're looking at this DevOps, you're thinking about it. Yeah. Keep hearing more and more about DevOps, the DevOps, DevOps, the wall of confusion, understanding the basics of DevOps, at uh, least that po- post will have in the show notes. But, uh, I, I've been. I keep thinking about it in our last show with Brian, Brian Keller. He yeah. turned on the light for me. That was a great show. I really enjoyed that show. By the way. Yeah, that Definitely was great. No Just the fact that it's not a continuous deployment thing on it, but it's truly is a two way street. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what really turned on the light for See, me. Agile and got me was interested. all about breaking down the wall between you, cause you know, end users and developers. And then DevOps is about breaking down the wall between the developers and the yeah. and the uh, and the ops guys. So between DevOps, Agile DevOps, no walls. It's it's like you know, unified Germany. <laughs> so what else is new, Martin? Um, the MS Test guys have been rocking it. Did you hear about this one? They've been is, is that. MS test still around? Uh, heck yeah, still they're still working on it, and uh, they've actually got um, .NET Core compatibility. So oh. they've blogged. They're, they're kind of internally they talk about that as MS test v2, which I don't know. I don't know if v2 is a good name for it or not, but it's um, <laughs> it's coming out .NET Core compatible um shipping with uh it's gonna you know it's coming out but then it's also but with uh, visual studio 15 stuff um it's going to be the, the, a lot of integrated tooling and all sorts of things as well so yeah they're still working away on it and um speaking of testing stuff as well been doing some chatting with the n unit guys they're busy with uh, .NET core support the x unit guys obviously been doing loads of work around .NET right. core so it's 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 coming on it's doing really well i'm, I'm getting quite excited yeah, I didn't mean, mean mean to be snarky about the MS test. I, I dude, you, know, you would not I, you would not believe the amount of MS tests there are out there. I I totally imagine. I totally understand it. I love that they're actually investing in this. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. they're not going to let it lapse. They're not going to let it die. They are, uh, you know, by the time the Visual Studio 15 releases, they'll update the test project templates and the test generation wizards. The the bugs will be there. The documentation of the extensibility model. You know, it's going to be a, set up via NuGet. Like, oh, that's Finally, cool. exactly. Yeah, yeah, makes it a lot easier. Um, 
No, he's been just doing some good stuff. Um, it's just, you know, it's just good to see you're not being left behind. Yeah. So because yeah. people have invested so much stuff in MS Test, it'd be it'd be horrific if they if they just let it leave. So no, I'm I'm really glad to see it happen. Good. Um, there was something else as well. Tim Sneath did a. I know we're getting long on time, but Tim Sneath did um, a couple of good blog posts about the. Well, he did a blog post about the the Visual Studio. You know the new Visual Studio um, installation experience, which Amanda Silver demoed at Build, I believe. Yep, I saw that. Oh, it was, was it even connect? It might even oh. connect. Was it? It's been. A, but yeah. No, it was at Build because I sat in that session and, okay, and cool. watched it. Yeah, it it's just a, different. First demo of it, and, and watching somebody install Visual Studio in a demo yeah you know, I, in a presentation the way i've like, been trying to explain it to people is it's like you remember how office set went and it went from like oh you know 30 floppy disks <laughs> and you can't do whatever and then like three and then it and then it became oh wow you like you double click on something and then icons appear and then while it's still installing you can start and start using it it's, visual studio is not quite the same as that but it's yeah. as awesome in terms of lightweight installation experience and trying to be a bit a lot le- you know a lot more low touch in terms of the stuff it does install and when it installs it and um just improving the acquisition experience i've been looking at this a lot lately in i've been talking to a lot of developers who aren't .net developers and kind of you know talking to them about .net and trying to explain the acquisition story is really hard. You know, like you, you talk about Node or something and where they used to go into the command and type in yeah. app get install <laughs> Node or brew install Node or something like that. And then you say, okay, yeah, so th- what you need to do is install Visual Studio. It's a bajillion gig download. <laughs> Double click on that. Right, great. Well, the download's not that big. But then, you know, that's because you've got the web installer, but they want you to double click yeah. and then it starts to download all the bits that it wants to install, and that's massive. Um, and then, you know, click on the install options, like go into the advanced thing and click these four things that you're probably going to need. Um, and then um, go and, you know, go for a really long walk or, uh, you know, go and fly the Pacific and come back because it takes a long time <laughs> to install, depending on your machine. And so this is yeah. much better. I'm, I'm really impressed. And if you want to watch, there's a good video about it as well on Channel 9, isn't there? The Seth did. So. Yep, 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 yeah. yeah or, you're, or you're like me and just, oh, I don't know what I want, so I'll install anything. And yeah, I'll go to sleep and, like, you know, hopefully that's be not done just by you. I, I've seen the data. Yeah. That's, that's basically everyone. <laughs> there's, there's two types of people. There's the people that install, like, the default. And then there's the people mm-hmm. that install everything. And, like, when was the last time you did C++ Windows phone <laughs> development, Greg. And yeah, I bet you've insta- got it installed just in case. I probably do on my de- on my notebook here that we're talking on. Yeah, absolutely. I've got just got it all installed, even the MFC stuff, and just just install everything because I don't know when I might need it. Yeah, but yeah, uh, how's this the Android experience? development going, Greg. You've been enjoying that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I keep having you know Cordova like, updates and all these other things. It's like uh, uh but <laughs> um, but the fact is that this it won't be. It'll be kind of like the Visual Studio setup a little bit today, where you can just keep going back to the setup and add stuff and update stuff. But this one, you can it's based off of the roles. Yeah, the demo like, yeah, been set- really good. So I'm uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully it lands like this. But no, it's it's weird. Like one of the biggest features of Dev 15 is going to be the setup because it's just it, it's game-changing is so much better and it's a no gack yeah local install you won't even have to i i swear looking at the spec i don't know if you have to be a local admin to even install it when you're done oh i don't don't even know you know it's so because it's got the side by side it's it's looking 
extremely interesting. So the ironic thing is, because of our because of using the dev test stuff, it's uh-huh. rare that I have to use installer now. Because what I'll do is I'll fire a VM and tell it to install like the latest you know dog food build of ten fifteen, and so I don't have to bother. Isn't that funny? That's really I just realised. <laughs> huh. I was thinking, why didn't I notice that? And then uh, yeah, there we go. Right. <laughs> so it's ALM Ranger time of the show. Woohoo! And uh, we've talked about their uh, sample widget before, but Willie Peter had did a new post talking about what the sample data uh, widget gets you when you're getting started with Agile and Safe on VSTS. He talks about how do you get started, you create your project, you install the widget, uh, you run the widget, watch the widget, you know, progress bar, because we all have to sit there and watch the progress bar mm-hmm. progress. Uh, and then he goes and talks about what's generated all the different teams, the iterations, the areas, the work items, and then how how do you delete it? I think that's almost as important than anything else. You know, how how do you kill it to go back when you start wanting to work on it? You know, so if you're looking at playing with VSTS and you know, there's, you can get it free and you want to, but play with it with real data without doing the, you know, um, BKVM and all that good kind of stuff. You just want some data so you can see the iterations and see how it works. This is a must have extension and, and Willie does a great job talking about it. Last ALM Ranger, you know, they've been, and we've talked about it before, the introducing ALM Ranger series. Well, he's got another post where he introduces Gregory Ott and it's a quick introduction to one of some of our favorite people. Our ALM Rangers, God love you guys. Uh, we really appreciate everything that you do. I always do. And uh, let me see, where is Gregory? He lives and works in France, Lyon, France. So the Rangers are all over the world. Very cool. And I've got I've got an ask for our Rangers, but go on. Do, do, you, do your next one first before we do this, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I've got an ask for our Rangers that are listening to this show because I know you're out there. Even <laughs> even if you've made it this far in the show, stay to the very end. <laughs> That's it. That was the last item on our, Fair on our list. What I want to ask the ALM Rangers that are listening to the show, I want some music to play before our ALM Rangers piece or something. You know what I mean? The <laughs> ALM Rangers. <laughs> or, 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 or like, what, what was the old He-Man music when finishing ALM Rangers? <laughs> I want so there's, there's, I know you're out there. I know you're creative. So, And, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be the ALM Ranger. All right, just somebody, one of you listeners out there, if you want to give us a, a, a music, what are they called? Blurb, intro, uh, whatever. Jingle. But yeah. There's a better name. There's a name for them that they use instead of jingle. I can't remember what it is. But yeah, we want an ALM Rangers one. Right. Them. Yeah, and uh, send it to us, radiotfs at outlook.com, or send us any of your other comments. If you like us, if you hate us, send us. What you think? Radio TFS at Outlook.com. We do it via Twitter. You know, Josh Garverick, you know, we talk about your tweets a lot. Same with you, Angela. We haven't talked, used your name in vain a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. But we still see your tweets. We sure do. Uh, and it's at Radio TFS. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook. We're at slash Radio TFS and give us a voicemail. one 8379 And if it's safe for work, we'll, we'll play your voicemail online. Radio I think that's the show. Imaging, radio imaging is what the te- is what the jing- radio imaging is what the really? name is for jingles. Yeah, it's not they're not called oh. jingles. There you go. Cool. Very good show. Thank you very much, sir. Yep, and thank you all for listening to Radio TFS. Yeah.